I want to welcome you to today's podcast. And in this podcast, I'll be bringing you teachings from the Word of God that will bless you and inspire your spirit. And I know for sure that your life will never be the same again when you're done listening. God bless you as you listen. This podcast is sponsored by Check It Shop. Check It Shop, the first Christian anointed clothing brand. Your one-stop shop for high quality and heavily anointed clothing and accessories that will look good on you and most importantly, terrorize the kingdom of darkness. Visit CheckItShop.com. Check it in style. Steady growth is better than sudden growth. Because if you grow suddenly, just boom, suddenly, you may not even know what you did that made you explode. And as suddenly you rose, suddenly you can go down. But if you grew steadily, you know what you did at each stage to get to where you are. You know what you did. So no matter what happens, if there's crisis, you know how to put yourself in order, maintain what you have, and pick up from there and keep growing. But if you don't know what you did, when crisis comes, you're going down and that's it. That's how ministries are destroyed. So don't be in a hurry to be out there. Don't be in a hurry to just be, that's the mistake that some people make. You've not really accomplished, your feet is not really standing, you don't even have a foundation. You want to be on TV, you want to be here, you want to be here. You don't even have a workforce. You don't even have a base. There's something God taught me. He said, listen, one thing you must understand about ministry is a church is where two or three are gathered. That's what Jesus said. As long as you have, you are two people, three people, you have a ministry. So what do you do? You get people who believe, people you draw close to yourself, who believe in what you are doing, and then you sell the vision to them. These ones, you, you don't, they are the ones you draw closer to yourself. You sell the vision, let them know where you are going. And then once you, they understand, they are committed people, they are faithful, they will go with you. They will go with you. So no matter what happens, these people will never leave you because you have sold the vision to them. They will always be with you. And once you have that, you are fine. You just keep going. There are sometimes opportunity will come for sudden explosion, sudden growth. Be careful at such points. The race is not to be swift. It's not how fast you run. You have to run calculatedly. Calculate, plan, ask the spirit. There are sometimes you hear a voice that tells you to do something. It might be God, but God will not be mad at you if you ask for a sign, ask for confirmation. Because there are certain things you cannot afford to fail. You can't afford to fail. So there are certain things that must be clear. You must be sure. So once you do it, you do it. And you just keep going. So that's one thing many people don't know, but they don't know, but they, they're just in a rush. They're in a rush to go out to start preaching. They're in a rush to, you know, right now we have Facebook. So live video is going on, right? Live video is going on. So um, we have... Many people want to preach, use that opportunity to preach. It's okay to preach. It's okay to share the gospel. It's very okay. But you see, you must be strategic. 
even in preaching the gospel, you must be strategic. If you study the life of Jesus, he was strategic in evangelism. The most important thing is you are bringing the message of Christ to somebody. Who is the one that preaches? It's not really important. The Bible says Paul sowed the seed, Apollos watered it, but God gave the increase. Somebody can preach a message, you can share the message, you also preached. Because without you, that other person wouldn't have gotten the message. So you don't have a strong convincing power to convince other people to receive Jesus. You don't have it. But you have an ability to spread the message that you have. There is a sphere of contact you have that nobody else has. The friends you have on Facebook, for example, nobody has exactly the same friends as you. So there are some videos that you will share that without you sharing, there are certain people who would never have come across the video. So you have a part to play. Everybody must not be the one behind the mic. You don't have to. The most important thing is that the message is spread. The Bible says the Lord gave the word. Then he says, great is the multitude that published it. So the word came when, of course, when he gives the word, he'll give it through somebody, right? And then now he raises a multitude who published that word. Now, guess what? Why is the word published used? Because when we talk about publishing something, we're maybe talking about writing, right? Because in their day, in the Bible days, the only form of recording was writing. That was the only form of recording. So the only way they could tell what happened in the meeting was somebody, they had chroniclers, who wrote what happened. So that's the only way they could record what happened. So when somebody writes what happened, then there are people who take it and publish it, spread it. But today, it is even easier. It is easier today. Just a video. Somebody preaches the gospel, preaches. You take it, you share it, you're also preaching. That's what you're doing. You're also preaching. You're making an impact. That's it. I did a deliverance this morning that blew my mind. I've never been as shaken as I was this morning, what I heard. And everything is true. The book of Matthew, chapter 24, verse 36. It says, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Then he goes on to say, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So he's talking about the coming of the Son of Man. But did you notice what he said in verse 36? He said, But of that day and hour knoweth no man. Day and hour. He didn't say week. He didn't say month. He didn't say year. He said, of that day and hour, knoweth no man. Which means it's possible to know the month. It's possible to know the year. But definitely, you can know the time, the season. And he gave us signs to know when these things happen. And of a truth, almost all the signs have come to pass. So I was doing this deliverance this morning. And then I said, you demon, cast you out. You're going back to hell where you belong. And you'll be chained eternally. And then the demon said, eternally is coming very soon. 
is almost here. I said, what are you talking about? He said, he's almost here. I said, what do you mean? I now asked the question. I said, um, very soon, Christians will be censored, right? They'll be censored because we are entering times that the voice of these people, these LGBTQ people, right, is becoming stronger and stronger. It was said that Franklin Graham was supposed to have a program in a hall in London. Not it was said, something that really happened. And his program was cancelled. They didn't allow him to use the place. Why? Because he believes that homosexuality is a sin. That's why. That's why he was cancelled. So what does that mean? They are coming for us. Very soon, some of these platforms will not be okay. They will call us homophobic. They will call us different names. And they will not want us to preach the gospel. They will fight against the gospel. They will fight against the message very soon. And we are close. Sid Roth put on Facebook a few days ago how his program was censored in Canada. So now we can't preach the message that we preach normally anymore. We can't just preach anymore. And if you look at, they said something during the deliverance. They said that Cyrus is the one, God is using Cyrus. He's using Cyrus to give the world a last warning. I said, what do you mean by that? Because if you listen to many prophetic speakers, when they say Cyrus, who do they refer to? Do you know of Cyrus in the Bible? Have you heard of Cyrus? Isaiah 45 verse 1. He said, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden to subdue nations before him. I will lose the loins of kings, open before him the two leaf gates, and the gates shall not be shut. And I'll go before thee and make the crooked places straight and all that. Now Cyrus was a Persian king, but God anointed him. And it was he that God used to rescue the Jews from captivity. So it was Cyrus that was used, King Cyrus. And those who are into the prophetic and understand the end times, they have all called Donald Trump. Cyrus, they refer to him as Cyrus. And now he's standing and supporting Christian values. He's the one that is standing between these people and Christian values. And so now they are fighting hard to remove him. Because once they remove him, the government that will come after him, they will remove everything, all his legacies, remove everything, clear everything, give the gays even more hand, everything and the world we know it today will no more be and then they said something that the only person that is preventing their plan is cyrus and i said what is your plan they said third world war they said the stage is set everything is ready and if you know if you understand the times what is going on many nations are preparing for war they are all preparing for war. Something happened recently, how that um, an Iranian general was killed, right? And then Iran vowed that they were going to retaliate. And then Donald Trump said, listen, if you try it, we're going to get back at you, this and that and that. Almost a war. Because if Iran gets into that war, there are nations that support Iran. And then there are also nations that support USA. And so, what you have? A world war.
And there are people who have nuclear weapons and they are not ashamed. They are boasting about it. If they have to use it, they will use it. And the world that we know it will never be the same way. They said Donald Trump is going to come back. He'll win again because God is placing somebody that will help him to win. Because the opposition is much, but he'll win again. Because God is using it to delay a little bit longer. I was watching a testimony of a young lady in Cameroon this week. She said she wanted to be a star. And so she said um, she wanted to belong to that same society. And these people are easily accessible. It's not something you need to travel to anywhere. On your phone, you can access them, can contact them, and they'll get back to you. And then they gave her the contact of their representative in the country. She called the number, and the voice she heard on the other side was a beast. Like, not dream real. So she had to hang up, and the guy said, don't talk to me again, only message me. And then they began to communicate. And then they connected her to somebody who is a Cameroonian singer, musician, popular musician, but he's part of them. So the guy told her, give her some demands, some certain things to do, told her to bring some amount of money or so. She said she had close to the money, but she didn't have all the money. And the guy said, if you don't have all the money, don't ever call me again. See, Satan doesn't give anything for free. Even though what he's giving you will destroy you. But you still have to pay for it. And so she said, okay, I don't want anything from this country. Nigeria is next door. She contacted a Nigerian, very popular, very popular Nigerian star. And then she sent him a message on Facebook. Look for all the pages with his name, sent him messages until. And then she said, I know who you are in the spirit. This and that and that and that. And the guy replied her. said, okay, come to Nigeria. Come to my studio for auditioning and then I'll pick you. Say, but you have to bring some amount of money. And then at that time, her father had some money he was saving and it was somewhere in the house. So she went one day in the house, she went into the room looking for the money. Guess what happened? This Nigerian star appeared in the room and pointed where the money was to her. Pointed. You know, when we say people, you, I, if, if it was a deliverance I was doing, Definitely, after I'll ask her who is the person. Definitely, I'll ask her who is the person, right? I'd like to know. But she said it's somebody very popular. So guess what? Think about the most popular people out there singing all the secular music and all that. Many of them. There's one guy, he said 99% of them are in it. And then they told them that, listen, after this world, people that don't know Jesus, they will go to hell. Now choose, will you prefer to go to hell poor or you stay in this world, enjoy wealth and enjoy yourself very much then when you are done, you go to hell. Which one will be better? That's what they tell them. So they say, well, it's better for me to be rich and have all the resources and all all those things so that when I die, I know I'm going to hell. That's what many of them are doing. They know they are going to hell. They know. It's something that they know. They know. There was a rapper who was singing one time, said to you, to all my dogs sleeping young in hell, just to see your smile and enjoy your face. To all my dogs. When I heard, I used to like those things, but I hate hell. When I heard that rapper saying that, with like, it's fun. 
said to all my dogs, sleeping young in hell. I said, man, that's not the lifestyle I want. That's not what I want. That's not what I want. So many of these people, they are part of a plan. There is an agenda to usher in the new world order. The new world order, that's the time of the Antichrist. That is their Messiah. That's the one that will come and champion the cause of Satan. So they are trying to because they know that the only way that can bring him is iniquity. Iniquity. So they have to make it the norm. What happened? What caused Sodom and Gomorrah to be destroyed? That's why you see that they are pushing that agenda so much. It's in the scriptures. And if you look at the scripture I just read in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 24, verse 37 says, But as the day of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Why did he say in the days of Noah? Look at verse 38. Say, For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Why is he talking about, why did, why did he specify marrying? Why did he talk about marrying? Because there's never a time in history that people didn't get married. People have always been getting married. So what is special about this time? Why must you mention marriage? Because it's a strange marriage. And they were eating, they were celebrating a strange marriage. That's the same strange marriage that is happening now. Where a man and a man will come to them and say, we are married. A woman and a woman will come and say, we are married. And now some people are even pushing it further. A woman and a dog are married. Strange marriages. A woman and a tree are married. Strange marriages. There are even those who are marrying themselves. The Bible says marrying and giving themselves in marriage. So all these signs, he says, until the day that Noah was taken into the ark. Noah being taken into the ark was like rapture. It was like rapture. And that's exactly what's happening in our day. The preachers are preaching and warning people, Jesus is coming soon, repent. Now, they, with social media and many new gadgets now, the world has become a global village. People are so comfortable in sin now more than ever. People are now even asking more questions about God now more than ever. People that were raised in church are beginning to ask questions now. If God is real because of the days that we are in, interesting times that we are in. But the beautiful part is this. The Bible says, where sin abounds, Grace abounds much more. God gives us more grace to do more, more miracles, demonstrate his power to change lives. And God is taking us into a season where we'll, be able to, we'll begin to see some kind of miracles that have not been common, where angels will actually show up and do things. We are entering such seasons where people will disappear from one place and appear in another place. Those kind of very spectacular miracles that we saw in the Bible, we will begin to see them in these days. Why? Because God is doing everything to convince people to believe the reality, his existence and his personality. That's exactly what is happening now. 
Many of these people, they are propagating their message. The cults, they are propagating their message, trying to convince people. Many of these religions, Buddha, Allah, these are demons, blood-sucking demons, principalities who are leading many people. But even in that circle, God is saving people. Even in that circle, many of them are there in ignorance. So he's revealing himself to them. In all nations, the truth is that there are those who are the chosen. There are those who are chosen. That's why you hear of somebody who at the last minute of death, somebody will preach the gospel to him and he will receive and he dies. He was chosen. He was chosen. But there are some, they just, before you know, they die. They just go to hell. There are some who even die. They go to hell. But God will rescue them from hell and bring them back. Why? Because they are chosen. God in his infinite wisdom knows that if the message really, really got to them, they would have believed. So those ones are chosen. But there are others, no matter what God does, no matter what sign he shows them, no matter what he brings to them, they will never believe because they are not chosen. And they belong. The Bible says Cain was of that evil one. He belonged to the devil. He was the first murderer. How did he know that it was possible for people to die? How did he even know it? How did he know it? And he took something. You know, God is very merciful. When Cain used the crops to do a sacrifice, God told him, say, Cain, why are you angry? God could have said, let lightning strike this guy. How dare he be angry at me? No. God came to him and said, Cain, why are you angry? If you did it rightly, won't I accept you? Okay, now this is how to go about it. He says, sin, light at thy door. Go use it. What is he talking about? Sin. Sin, sin offering. There were animals that were available. That's what they were using for sin offering. So take one of them and use it and do the offering. And I will accept it. But the guy was angry. And even though God was speaking, he wouldn't listen. Because he was not of God. He was of the evil one. There was light and there was darkness. He chose darkness. He chose rather to kill because of his wickedness. And he killed the innocent person because that's where he belonged. And that's this world today. The opportunities are there. God will say, I give you light, darkness. Which one do you choose? The Bible says men loved darkness. They love darkness more than light because they are evil. But in these last days, you know, the message of the gospel, when we preach, the gospel is to choose those that are the chosen, is to locate them. When we preach the gospel, those who are chosen, when they hear it, they will accept it. But the ones who are not chosen, when they hear it, they will even be more offended because they're not chosen. That's how we preach the gospel because the truth is that Jesus said it. He said, wide is the way that leads to destruction and many will be on that way. If God could stop them, he would have stopped them. But many choose to go on that route. And he says the way that leads to eternal life is narrow. And it's only few that find that way. Few. Because few choose to walk in that way. So that's the time that we're living in. It is so close. It is so, so, so close. It's very close. We've always known this, though. We've always known this. Because if you look at the times... 2,000 years ago, right? Jesus was here, right? 
2,000 years before Jesus was Abraham. Then 2,000 years before Abraham was creation. So um, creation to Abraham, 2,000 years. Abraham to Jesus, 2,000 years. That's 4,000 years, right? Now Jesus to us is how many years? 2,000 years, right? That's 6,000 years, right? A thousand years is like a day, right? That's what the Bible says, right? So we have passed day one, day two, that's Abraham, day three, day four, Jesus, right? Day five, day six, our day. What did God do on the seventh day? He rested. So what does that tell you? There are different calendars in which they used to calculate the years. So but some people have analyzed between 2020, 2030, and beyond, anything can happen. Because by that time, the 2,000 years will be completely wrapped up and will be entering the 7,000 years, the 7th millennium. And the Bible says on the 7th day, God rested. So it's no, it's no wonder, it's no surprise the times we are in. That's why we are seeing certain things that are happening that have never happened. The Bible talked about pestilences that will, be, that will come. Look at we're hearing of coronavirus now. The Bible talked about nations rising against nations. Always happening so much. Right now, the way the world is right now, nobody cares about sovereignty anymore. Any nation can just get up now and go and blast another nation if they feel that it's for their protection. Was it last week or two weeks ago, Turkey entered Syria to go and start shooting because they felt they want to control rebels in another person's country. And then Syria fired back, started fighting back at them, and then they started exchanging, fight. You enter another person's country, the person didn't choose to be there. That's his country. What happens within his borders is his business. But now you want to control what's happening in another country. Because sovereignty has been lost. They brought United Nations. The purpose of United Nations is to broker peace, to put laws, to restrain countries and all that. Is it working? No, it's not working. Any nation can get up if you feel that you are stronger. Get up now and go and attack another nation and destroy it. Nobody will say anything. Jesus said nations will rise against nations. And also when he talks about nations, the Greek word is ethnos. And ethnos does not necessarily mean nation as we call it today, like England, um, Germany, Spain, no. Ethnos is a group of people with a common, a common factor among them. It could be a common language, it could be a common religion, something that binds them together. So Muslims rising up to kill Christians, it's nations rising against nations. Then one cultural group, for example, in different countries, you have different tribes or different groups. One group will get up and go and attack the other one. Nation rising against nation. We see that happening now more than ever. It's happening. So many people right now. I mean, Russia got up and entered Ukraine and annexed Crimea and two other parts there. They took it over. And nobody seen anything. Nobody said nothing took over. Why? Because it's a strategic position and they need that position for their defense. 
They took it over. Nobody's saying nothing. Jesus said, nations will rise against nations. Kingdoms against kingdoms. He talked about earthquakes. Have we had, is there any other generation that we've had as much earthquakes as we've had in this generation? We've had, you know, there are so many earthquakes happening. It's just that the ones that are reported are the, the massive ones. But earthquakes are happening every now and then. Someone gave a report of the number of earthquakes that have happened in the past 20 years, for example, compared to the one that happened in the past 1,000 years. You'll be shocked. So it's happening, massive earthquakes, talking about sickness, disease, so many. And then talking about famine, there's so much hardship now more than ever, so much. And this thing is all over the world. Hardship, people who were having it easy before, now to eat is a problem. It's hard. The Bible talked about it. You wonder, okay, where is all the resources? Because nothing has left this world, but these things have to happen. A fulfillment of prophecy, fulfillment of scriptures. So the times we are in, they are very critical times. And God wants his children to be awake, to know what is going on. He wants his children to be awake, to know what is going on, to know the times that we are in. So they will be alert. Jesus said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Watch. Because the coming of the Lord is near. It's very, very near. There is an urgency in the realm of the spirit, both in the negative spiritual and in the positive spiritual. There's an urgency. Satan is bringing up new styles, new ways, pushing out his agenda through TV, through the internet, doing all these things, pushing, pushing, pushing. They're doing all those things. Telling people, look, you need to be successful. You need to get this. You need to get that. And you need this, you need that. And many people are falling for it. When we were in Liberia, that little boy said that the thing that they are doing is they are bringing poverty to the country so that when there's so much poverty, people will accept to join those groups. In Nigeria, for example, there are many people who are looking for a way to make money by all means. With ritual money, whatever, as long as they make it, they don't care. That's the position the devil wants to put people so that they will go and they will join. Once you enter those things. And the truth is that if it's not your destiny to have money, you will never have it, no matter what you do. If it's not your destiny. So it's not like Satan is giving you money. He doesn't have money to give to you. It's your money. But there are certain things for you to get. You have to make a sacrifice. Nothing happens in the physical until something first happens in the spiritual. So there are certain things you need to do to invoke the spirit realm, spiritual realm to fight for you. So whether you are Born again, you still need to do certain things to invoke the spiritual realm to fight for you. And then if you are not born again, these wicked people, they still do certain things to invoke the negative spiritual to fight for them. And there was a man of God who was saying, he said, ask any rich man, ask anybody who is wealthy, they did something. Ask anybody who is wealthy, they did something. There was something they did. Well, doesn't come by accident. There are certain sacrifices they make. There are things they do. That doesn't mean that everybody um, puts hands, even the people that are not born again, for example, doesn't mean that they put hands into satanic stuff, right? But there are some sacrifices. There are some things that they did that invoked some forces spiritually to fight for them. For example, what did God say 
about Abraham. He said, whoever blesses you is blessed, right? If a man who is not born again goes to do something good for a child of God, God will bless him, whether he's born again or not. You, you get what I'm saying? But he had to do something. So there are certain things that people do that will invoke the spiritual realm, you know, to work for them. But these are the things that God brings to the mind of his children. You teach them the word, say, look, this is it, this is it. But Satan will say, no, uh, God cannot help you. I'm the one that can help you. I can give you this, I can give you that. Not knowing that it's yours already. It's just that you don't know how to get it, but it's already yours. So that's the world that we're living in. We're so close. And that's why we continue to propagate the gospel. We push the message out as much as possible. And the beautiful part is everything that we do right now, it will be written in our account. We did this. We did that. We accomplished it to be written in the book for us. So at the end of the day, we stand before the Lord. It will be in our account what we did. That's it. So even like I was saying earlier, even in preaching the gospel, it's not a competition. It's not something that, oh, who does this better? Nobody does better than anybody. God puts everyone in their field and gives them an assignment. And you know, even in ministries, there are cases of somebody who was under a man of God, for example, and certain things happened, he left. Sometimes the hand of God is in it. For example, Paul, God said, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas for a special assignment I had for them. And they went and they did great things together. But at some point, the Bible says there was a sharp argument between them. And they separated. And God did not say who was at fault. He didn't say Paul was at fault. Neither did he say Barnabas was at fault. The reason why the book of Acts, we don't see much of Barnabas anymore, is because the book of Acts was written by Luke, who was following Paul. That's why we don't hear much about Barnabas. But I'm sure there are people who followed Barnabas. And they have his own story too. God, the way God does things, the most important thing is to bring the souls. If somebody left your ministry and went somewhere else, is he winning souls? Is he bringing people to the kingdom? Forget about the hardship. God is not going to take sides between his children. What the most important thing is peace. As long as both of them are okay, fine, move on. Love your brother, love your sister. That's it. Sometimes we are servants of God. Sometimes we unknowingly take the place of God. I have to put it in this way. Because you feel like without you, the person could not have made it. But you don't know that you're only a servant that God used to raise the person. So if at some point the person goes, whatever it is, just pray for the person. You go on. If it is God that is behind it, you can't stop it. But if it is not God and the person comes back, let the spirit of love prevail. The most important thing is the work. That's the most important thing. Having people come in, that's the most important thing. So many of God's people need to understand the times we are in and understand the urgency, the urgency there is, and do what has to be done. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The last days. Says mm. they, and they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour, see, he said hour, your Lord doth come. 
you know not what hour. He didn't say what month, what year. Earlier, he said the day or hour. So you don't know the day or the hour. But he didn't say week or month or year. Because if you look at the signs, the times we are in, ah, it's pretty close. It's pretty close. Just the way they are preparing for war in the world. I said before that all truths are parallel. As it is in the physical, that's how it is in the spiritual. That's how in the realm of the spirit, they are preparing for their Armageddon. That's war. That's how it is. If you ask many of these people, why are they preparing for war? They can't really tell. But they are just preparing. Countries are developing nuclear weapons. Many of them are just preparing. Why are they amassing all these things? Why are they preparing? Why are they ready? Why? There is something inside. They know something is coming. It's close. It's close. But this thing that will happen, why? Because they want to usher in the new world order. They want one world government. Like every time there's a world war, the world never remains the same. Nations will change. Names of countries will change. Borders will change. For example, after the Second World War, right, U.S., they went in Germany. They took their technology, took everything. Even German scientists were taken to America and all to know what technology Germans had. So countries, for example, Cameroon was under Germany before the, the World Wars. But after they were defeated, um, I think Britain and France, Britain, France took part of it, Britain took part of it, and they shared all this. They took everything. I think even Namibia or some of these countries in Africa that belonged to German, under German colonization, they took over everything. So if they do this world war, then they can take over the nations, and then there will be a leader. That's what they are planning. But by the time the only person that is keeping him away from coming is the church. Because we won't let him. But once we are gone, then he will come. And then... <sighs> and you know when we talk about the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the rapture takes place before. So the world expecting to see him, but we go before. So we can imagine how close we are to the times. Father, I pray that you continue to preserve your people and you grant us the strength, the courage, the inspiration to spread your message, the message of your truth, the message of your word, and to bring many to the kingdom, even as we're in these last days. Lord, help us so not that after we have brought many to the kingdom, we become castaways. Help us to remain focused on you. Help us to continue to walk in love and peace. And one day we'll stand before you and you will say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Join the man of God, Pastor Isaac Samuel II, for further deeper analysis of the Word of God and mind-blowing miracles during the Check It Church weekly services. On Sunday, we've got the Super Sunday service starting at 10 a.m. CST. Wednesday is a midweek Bible study at 6 p.m. CST. Then Friday is a prayer meeting also starting at 6 p.m. CST. We hope to see you there.